What did we learn? Thank you for coming back. Um, everybody, guess what? I have a very, very special guest today. It's Julie. Hi, Yay. Julie. Hi. Thank you for having me again. Uh, thank you for being here. Julie just um, did an episode, which you will have already heard with us, uh, Justine and myself, with us yesterday, last night for 420. So you just had that bonus episode. Yes. Um, and it was really, really fun. And the, That was so fun. The yeah. after hours especially was was a hoot so yes um to put it lightly so definitely check out um my patreon if you want mm -hmm. access to that after hours because i highly recommend it and i think you're going to want to after you listen to the first part of the episode um because julie is awesome and also justine Thank is a part you. of it oh you're so that was awesome. really fun i had a good time what is the um what is the URL for your Patreon? Because I was looking for it earlier and I couldn't find it. Right. I know. It's hard to search for some reason. It doesn't pop up for people. It's it's slash A-W-D-W-L. Oh, okay. And that'll get you there. So again, okay. reminder to everyone, it's patreon.com slash A-W-D-W-L, of course, for And What Did We Learn? There we uh, go. I will love you all forever. If you donate at any level, you get access to that that bonus content. Um, also, I just want to say a little heads up. I just got new equipment, a boom mic for my mic. And for whatever reason, when I was rearranging it, the gain on my microphone got turned back up to a hundred, which is why my audio sounds like shit on the last episode. You guys oh. sound, you guys sound great. I do not. Um, I, but it's okay. It's still listenable, but I, I fixed it. So I just want to say that's not the new trend. <laughs> Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. It's very frustrating, but I did some test audio today, so it should be fine. So, oh, good. So, um, by back by popular demand, intervention. Everybody seems to be really excited about me covering intervention, which is extremely exciting for me because I love intervention. I've seen every episode, like I said. I think there's one episode I couldn't finish because it was about. It's about a woman who lost her children in a house fire. And I just couldn't, I was like, I, oh, uh, wow, that's awful. Yeah, I got to get out of that. I can't. It was really, whew, like, it's one of those where you're like, what else would you do besides? Yeah, that's intense. Yeah. So, but anyway, on a lighter note, um, I mean, none of this is light, but on a lighter note, uh, Julie loves the intervention episodes too. And she, um, she's really good friends with Justine and they pod together all the time. And, and then when I found out you were a fan, I was like, I'm so flattered. So yeah, I so love I, that. I love your show because nobody really covers intervention and it's a great you. show. It's amazing. I love all of the clips that you do. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, I'm excited to be on this and to talk about this insane episode. Yeah. There is a lot here. You know, I was mm -hmm. rewatching this right before we um, started recording to get my clips in order. And I was like, gosh, I can't, I kind of can't believe this wasn't a two hour episode. They must have yeah, had they more totally could have. Yeah, it felt like that it was uh, shorter than it could have been. Definitely. It makes, it makes me think they must have other episodes in the tunnels, which if you don't know what we're talking about, we'll explain. No, I don't know. 
Um, yeah, who knows? Because they say like the statistic is like over 2,000 people, right? So um, before we get to that, um, yeah, this is about an individual named Amanda. She is Amanda. I don't know why I just said it like that. <laughs> a, a, a woman named Amanda who's our exact age. She's 33, just like oh, Julie okay, and yeah. myself, the Jesus yeah, age. That's crazy. Which puts it into even crazier perspective, all of it really. Mm-hmm. And has a lot in common with you in a certain way in terms of, well, having a child young but we'll get to that yeah um Mm -hmm. not a lot sorry has one thing in common with you (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're the same no um so amanda like synopsis is she's addicted to meth and she lives in las vegas this whole season takes place in las vegas which i think is amazing Mm -hmm. um it's really really interesting and i think it's showing a spot it's really shining a spotlight like they have in um philadelphia and i think it was atlanta so now they're really doing that um, in this area, this Vegas area where addiction runs rampant because of the lifestyle in the actual city of Las Vegas. So, um, yeah, so she lives in these tunnels. They're, they're storm tunnels, basically like almost like sewage tunnels. They're, they're underneath the ground, um, but they're, there's open access to them because they're there. Uh, in order to provide storage for water if there were already flooding, like the water would go mm-hmm. down under the city as opposed to flooding the city. It's very smart. Yeah, um, Vegas gets a lot of flooding. They're just, uh, yeah. their roads are not prepared for rain because That's... we would get it so um, infrequently uh-huh. that they have oh. to have the, they have to have like the drainage system or That's there's tons of flooding when it rains. Yes. Sorry. I should have said this at the top. Julie lived in Vegas for, how long did you live in Vegas? Well, I'm originally from Las Vegas, so I was oh, born and raised shit. there. Okay. Um, I moved away about nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. So basically your whole life you lived in Yeah, Vegas. pretty much. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Um, yeah. And I've always heard about the people that live in the tunnels, but I've never seen it before. Mm. So it mm. was really crazy to see it in this episode. Yeah, that must be really fascinating to mm-hmm. see home in such a different light. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like a mythical, like something you, like a fa- fa- fairy tale that you're finding out is true. Like, oh, not yeah. A, it's not crazy. a happy one, but right. It's crazy. Um, so I actually, you know, we get the full, the da 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 um, they, they tease apart the childhood in the background a lot, which I kind of, I like actually, mm-hmm. because yeah. it, it's another reason I think they could have done two hours. They did a great job with it, but they, you know, they give each traumatic thing, um, its own space and time. Uh, another thing I want to say before we get started with the clips and everything is, um, I feel, I really feel for Amanda. I don't think yeah. there's really any point that I dislike her, which is unusual in an intervention episode for me, as compassionate as I am. Um, so uh, this first clip is called, I called it Meet Amanda. Um, and it's really just about, it's Amanda introducing herself and we get some, you know, input from her mother, her sister and her best friend as well. And it kind of just gives you a good idea of the vibe. So here we go. Okay. 
it says bring it on all or nothing on my screen. I don't know if you can see that, but it's not because I was watching that movie. <laughs> it's because I was watching um, a YouTube video of Jamie French, who's like my favorite YouTuber. Oh, uh, she is. So, I love her. Do you? I'm, I'm, looking, yes. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing her sweatshirt right now. Check it. Merch. What does it say? It says, why don't you marry it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love her. Me too. Shout out to Jamie French. She just dropped a new um, makeup and movies and it's on Bring It On All or Nothing, which I never saw. I've only seen the original, but I didn't know if you could see my list like volume control that gets stuck on the last thing I, I was listening to. I can't see it, to. but I, okay. I love the one that she did about that uh, cheesy movie that Aaron Carter did. <gasps> That's like my favorite episode of her. Oh so God. funny. I love her and I love that Bailey Sarian girl who does yes. the yeah. murder stories. Yeah, love there's, it. there's a few of them. Um, I don't, yeah. know I, I don't know if I've listened to Bailey Sarian yet. I need to check it out. I've listened. She's to pretty popular. She's, but she's. Uh, I love her because she does makeup and yeah. talks about murder stories. So that's fine. There, I'm sure you're talking about the one that went viral that started it. But probably now, now there's a few, so I'll have to look yeah. that up. I'll have to look. Yeah, she's okay. Dead. Thank you. Well, I'm very excited that we have that yeah. in common too. Julie and I, Julie and I, basically spent last night talking over Justine because we have a lot in common. And Justine was all, I was like so stoned, and she's just like, "Hey, remember?" She was just one, chilling. Remember that one movie? She's just like, "Remember that one song?" Yeah, I freaking love she was, her. She was like in was paradise. Absolutely yeah. the best. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, okay, so uh, anyway, without further ado, here's this clip. My name is Amanda. I am 33 years old and I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Amanda grew up in the suburbs of Minneapolis. I would describe Amanda as free-spirited, a little wild at heart for sure. She's very selfless. She tends to really, really think about other people, put other people first, and will go out of her way to help you. Amanda is a beautiful, kind soul always fun to be around and just easy to get along with. Surprise! Anna! <laughs> Anna! <laughs> Dude! Growing up in Minnesota, I always like wanted adventure. So when I first came to Vegas, it was super exciting. If you're looking to kind of reinvent yourself, what better place than Vegas? I moved to Las Vegas to become a street performer. Back home, I was very conservative, but then coming here, and all of a sudden, I'm on the Las Vegas Boulevard in like thong and like a, a corset. Dressing up in cute outfits every day was like a party for her. She had a good career going, she was supporting herself, and then two years ago, she just disappeared. Do you notice how her voice changes so rapidly in that same clip where she's like, I used to be reserved and now I'm like wearing thong on the street, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, was... I think the thing that I noticed the most is that she, it seems like she is so loved. Oh, absolutely. So loved. Like oh, everybody yeah. in her life just really adores her and loves her and thinks she's wonderful. And no one's saying like, she's tr she's problematic but you gotta love her it's like no right and even as we move on really no one has anything negative to say about her except that they're worried and they un then they can see how and why 
she, and I'm kind of going to wait and reveal it how and why she's in this place that she's in. And she's a, she's not the typical addict because the typical addict uses people and would, would like to blame people because that's the condition that that's what drugs do to you, whether right. you were like that before or not. I, I'm not, that's not a judgment. It's just typical of, uh, typical of addicts to behave in a really, really selfish way. Yeah. And Amanda never had a phase as far as we can tell of using anybody taking from anybody hurting anybody ever it's like when she got hurt or self-destructive or she she screwed something up in her own life because of addiction she just took off so that like no one had to deal with it she's like literally living underground in order to not hurt anybody mm. which is makes sense that i mean it makes sense why they're saying she's this person with so much empathy like she's beyond empathy she has no self-worth and she only cares about others and her yep. way of taking care of them is hiding and they just yep. want they just want to help her um which i think is this makes this episode really unique i mean a lot of things do but again like two hours you guys it, it's just so unique i mean i hope they i really hope she's one that they revisit I hope so too. Yeah. I hope they do like a, where are they now? And I hope she's still yes. doing well. I have really high hopes for I her. I hope she's like Selena. Do you know Selena? She's the one that, uh, one of the first, well, I don't know if she's one of the first, but she was also on Oprah. So she was more, um, I guess, adver advertised, uh, well-known for her episode, but she was a bulimic and she did her episode. She was like really similar to me. She would like, she threw up everything she ate and she would binge, but, um, not similar to me in like always, but like, you know, single or no married, but no kids, um, but worked with kids. And she looks familiar. I'm looking up uh, photos of her. Yeah. So anyway, that episode is one that I've just seen a lot of times. And mm -hmm. I remember seeing it long before I was bulimic because she was on Oprah. Um, and she, so I just like, I hope, well, I'm just saying, I hope that Amanda is like a Selena and that you don't even need intervention to follow up on her because you'll see that she's like, working in the field and like helping other people that's like one of my favorite things is when I, I look up somebody from intervention or from any of these kind of shows and I see that, that they're part of some organization or something that's helping others or even if they're not like they have enough credentials that they're on google for like kicking ass so yeah definitely I happy. the thing is like with intervention I don't know if I've ever seen one on eating disorders but I have not seen all of intervention sure. I see like it's I watch not, it here and there it's not a majority it's it's, it's quite usually a minority. meth it's like, crack yeah. like crazy heroin I, lots of heroin yeah I would say like the most infrequent ones are um sex addiction gambling and eating disorders and I would say eating disorders are more common than the other two yeah, so it's sex like, addiction. That sounds yeah. interesting to watch. Justine and I just covered one that was about sex addiction and gambling. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I listened to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The because um, they so, used to do that more often, where they'd have like two stories they in one did. episode. Yeah, it's been a while since they've done that. Um, I always like question why they do that. It's like, did you not have enough footage, or did they just seem to go together so well but they used to play right. play along with play around with their format more but I, that's fine it never bothers me it's just uh, harder to podcast about too because you have to separate them but um gotta keep them separated <laughs> anyway i'm a loser um so we so yeah amanda is living in this these tunnels um 
she's talking about the drugs saying well yeah in the moment it feels good you know and we hear we learn that she does about two grams a day of meth and it's totally for escape and as her family is saying too i think amanda just is just trying to escape um and like as we're watching her she's in it's so interesting because it almost looks like a movie set because of the lighting mm. in these tunnels it yeah. almost feels like a, a set where they they're in control of the lighting and it's almost like she's in like a either a jail cell or like a jail area or like a weird little shanty apartment like it's a little make-believe mm -hmm. town it's almost like kids playing make-believe you know where they build their own houses out of cardboard and like have mm -hmm. little accessories and like decorate you know i don't they've I'm not... got like tents set up yeah and yeah they've like embraced that this is a home they've it's made like, it as homey as they can and this is not a racial comment but it's like a like what you would call a gypsy village you know back in the day mm -hmm. like the traveling travelers or whatever you they prefer to be called you know would set up camp in i famously in france in paris on the train tracks i think for years and years but there's a lot of cases of that. Um, you know, it's almost like a tradition in some sense, a worldly tradition. Um, yeah. and, and then we get some stats on, you know, the things that meth causes. I don't think anyone listening is unaware of the harm of meth, but <laughs> right. in case you don't know, you'll die, et cetera, all your teeth fall out, and it can actually lead to psychosis. So it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. much one of the most dangerous drugs simply because of that. It'll, yeah, like, you'll have like skin issues yeah. and uh, well, scarring you, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, because the meth gets makes you like hyper vigilant and crazy and animalistic, and then you most people end up picking at their skin and mm -hmm. imagining, hallucinating that there's things there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it ruins your body, and also it can ruin your mind before you even have the chance to get help. Is did also they say? I can't remember how she got hooked. Did she have like a pain issue? And she did not. I have a clip no. about. I have a clip about. That, okay, perfect. Um, a little bit while, and I clipped that because I think it's really interesting because how she got addicted is like the least significant or interesting part of the story. <laughs> it's like it's okay. all about it's all about why you know. Okay. Um, so uh right so she's saying like gosh i used to care so much about my teeth but now they're falling out and then there's this weird part where they say how do you pay for this and she says i don't i have mm -hmm. friends i have friends in low places and sometimes i sell or trade things to help but if i want drugs they give me drugs by this i'm pretty sure she's referring to mario and that's why she's hooked up with mario right like I think my, um, my first thought was like, she's like prostituting herself. I thought that too, but I think cause she has this quote unquote boyfriend, Mario, who's an older, much older man, um, who's been living there for much longer. And she says he's one of the first people she met later and he's clearly like in control of her. Well, so, he's most likely like pimping her out. Okay, honestly. so you you think he's, <laughs> that's my assumption? Okay. Yeah. Here I am. I'm like, well, she has to have sex with him. It's like you're like, nah. He, he makes her have sex with everyone. You're like, I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I I'm assuming no, that, that that she, makes that's what sense. she means when she's saying she's trading things for drugs. Or, but yeah, that makes it so much sadder when she says mm -hmm. one man one man's trash is another man's treasure. Well, and she's probably like, you know, picking things up that she finds. I don't really know. I know. I know. Um, but imagine if that's what she, if she's saying that about herself. About herself. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, honestly, um, when I watched this episode, because I have heard about the people living in the tunnels, I've never seen it, but seeing it and seeing how sad the people are living there and how they've just kind of like accepted that this is their life. Mm -hmm. I literally sat there and teared up and started to cry. And my fiance is like, what's wrong? And I was like, these people are living like rats in a sewer mm-hmm. and like they're, they they're are right. human beings and they're living like rats in a sewer. That's what the drugs and everything have done to them. It's mm-hmm. completely stripped them of all humanity. And it just really upset me to see like human beings living like that. It is it was upsetting. so upsetting. It's very upsetting. It makes you really angry that there's like when you it's learn about, when you learn about everything that can lead to this like mm-hmm. you know, the political sides of it socioeconomic sides of it and also anyone can find themselves in a situation like this no one is above it anything right. could happen to anyone most of the time that a lot of these like heroin addicts and stuff that starts with like a pain problem mm-hmm. and they are starting to so take pain medication often. and then they can't get the pain medication anymore or it's too expensive yeah. and then they turn to something cheaper which is going to be like heroin or something and all of a sudden they're a heroin addict it's mm-hmm. no one is above this it could happen to anyone and I, it's just heartbreaking to see someone completely stripped of all humanity living in a sewer like a rat well well said agreed regardless of your politics this is fucking wrong and it's Mm -hmm. fucked up and there's a reason it's happening but you also can't help people that don't want to help don't want to be helped that's why there's like a whole systematic change that needs to be Mm -hmm. taking place but well and some people just are they want to be homeless because they'd rather take their money and spend it on whatever they want to spend it on well, I, I watched a documentary a while ago about like uh, homeless teens who like they just they don't want someone they don't want to go to a shelter. They yeah. don't want to have like help to get a, a job and all that. They just like to wander I, and I do, have do what to they want to do. How how often that is actually a product of like places like that, resources like that, letting them down chronically. So they're just like, that's not really an option. Like I've tried that before kind of thing like the addicts that you know say no I won't take this intervention I've been to rehab before and then they're like well that's not what we're talking about we're talking about like actual like healing not just someone that's going to dry you out or in in charge you or you know whatever you make money it's a off. difficult discussion to have because of course that could be the thing but when someone really wants to get better they're gonna fucking get better they're going to do everything in their power to get better. They're not just going to go, oh, I tried that. It didn't work for me. I guess this is it. Like, yeah, what, I don't know. It depends on how resilient wants- of a person you are. It depends on how determined you are. It depends on if you're ready. And obviously, for the majority of people, if they're not ready or they don't want to do it, that's why they fail. Right. But I think want is a dangerous word. Because when we see that someone struggles with something, we say, we'd we like to say they don't want to do it. They don't care. But there can be a lot of reasons behind why they are reticent or afraid or feel like they can't. So it's I think it's important that we don't lump everyone together and just assume that if somebody's addicted, it's because they want to be that way. 
No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that they have to want to be better. And in order to want to be better, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to be better. Right. But it certainly helps to have resources is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But there's there. I mean, there are lots of resources out there. And I'm just I'm specifically speaking about the people that don't want to they don't want to take advantage of the resources. This is like what I'm saying is like people deep in their addiction that don't want being offered get sober. Okay, so you're talking about people that are offered help and say no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Got like okay, people okay. that people that are like sorry, deep in their addiction. For a second, for a second, I'm so sorry. For a second, I thought you were just like, if these addicts wanted to get better, they just figure it out. Like all no, people. No, I, I mean, was like, ouch. I was like, Julie, um, I hope that's not what you're saying. No, I mean, well, I mean, the help is the help is out there, and there's always people that are. Like uh, for the majority of people, they have family and friends that love them, that want to help them. Majority of people. I know, but so do um, like people in abusive relationships. What would you say? Like every domestic abuse victim, it's their job to like figure out how to get help or otherwise it means they want to be there. Well, it's your responsibility as a, like, uh, if you want to get out of a situation, then. But it's I not mean, about want. It's about. You have to make the effort. No, you have to have the ability. It's not just about effort. It's about ability but, and whether that's even possible. And also what's been done to you psychologically to make you believe that you can't. No, I understand that. But no, here, here's the way I look at it. No one is going to care more about yourself than you and want better for you. Well, no one should. Like the thing is, okay, so I grew up with a really abusive mother And I learned really early on that no one was going to love me or care about me or take care of me or protect me, but me. So I didn't have anyone to protect me or watch over me or love me or believe in me or anything like that. So I had to be that person. I respect that. I respect the hell out of that, but I do respect that. that In that case, if there are people that are in like an abusive relationship and they're not ready to leave it. A lot of people will not get, maybe not even like, let's just say like, not even an abusive relationship. I have friends that are in shitty relationships with shitty men, but they're not ready to leave that man yet. So there's nothing that I can do. I can tell her all day long. He's a loser. You're out of his league you deserve better, blah, blah, blah. But the fact is that she is not ready. She has not hit her like rock bottom with this man to leave him. So all I can do is say, you know, I love you. And I think that you deserve better. And I'm always here for you. And when you're ready to go, you're going to go. I agree about that. But I can't go in and save her and rip her away from him and do it for her. She has to be the no. one that is like, no, okay, I'm fucking done. I am not doing this anymore. And she has to be the one to go. No, it's and definitely I, her, her. I feel job like it's the same. I, I agree with that. With addiction yep. and stuff. Right. I don't think it's your responsibility either. In either situation, what I take issue with is the term want. I, they want to be there. They want to stay there. It's like that. No, I'm not saying anybody wants to stay there. I'm saying you have to want to go. 
Like if you're in a situation where you're stuck and like, that's kind of like, okay, you have just to stuck go. there. Okay. You have to want to go, but there's a lot of other factors that also have to come into place. So you're right. It is a time yeah. thing. It takes time, but I just, right, but you I have to be ready to go. That's the yeah, thing. Is that's like, definitely one part of it. Yes. Because like you can't, if, if you have a friend that is being abused or whatever, or a friend that's an addict or a friend that's whatever, and they're, they're in it and they're not ready to go. You can't just go in there and grab them and pull them out. No, I agree with that. I so agree to with say, that. okay, like here, here's a good example. My sister got pregnant when she was 14 with an older man and she was living in New Mexico or something and she wanted to have the baby and she's going to marry him and blah, blah, blah. And it's all, okay, that's absurd, right? Like an older man, that's wrong. You're 14 years old. Oh yeah. You don't need to be doing this. So my mom had my uncle, like mm -hmm. they w drove out to New Mexico from Las Vegas and just like under the guise of wanting to spend time with her and see her and stuff, they basically fucking kidnapped her and brought her back to Vegas hmm. well, because their idea was, can it be kidnapping if she's 14 though? I mean, that's their kid. That's her kid. Well, she wasn't living with them. She oh, was living with her dad. Oh, and her okay. Stepmom. Okay. Sorry. I missed that. Yes. That's definitely so, kidnapping. So they basically like, were like, oh, let's go out to lunch or whatever. And then they fucking like kidnapped her and brought her back to Vegas to finish out her pregnancy and have the baby and do whatever. Yeah. But no, so, that's so as soon as she gets to Vegas, all she was doing the whole time was planning on running away and getting away. Yeah. And she ended up running away and going right back to him. Oh, but that's not, because yeah. she like wasn't ready to go. It's kind of the same thing with like grown adults. Like you can put it out there and be like, I love you and anything that you need, I will help you. I will do whatever we need to do, but you have to be ready to go mm -hmm. or you're just going to keep going back. Nobody can kidnap you out of your situation and make it stick. And that's the same thing with these addicts. It's like the ones that succeed mm -hmm. are the ones who are, are done with their situation. Like Amanda, she don't want to live in the sewer. She wanted yeah. to be with her son. She wanted to, she was ready. She was ready mm -hmm. and decided she was ready to do this. So when offered the opportunity, she took advantage of it and yeah. was as far as we can see successful. But if they go in there and they got somebody who's like, fuck you, I like drugs. I want to like live with my boyfriend in the sewer, whatever. I mean, they can grab that person kicking and screaming and drop them off at rehab and it's not going to do anything because they're not ready and they don't want to. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I, that I totally agree with. And, and, you know, I've had my own challenges. Like I, I agree with you. I, I don't think I can save anyone or anybody can really. I, I've had my own challenge and challenges with that, that kind of codependency uh, being on the mm -hmm. other side of it, not as the addict, but you know, the, the codependent and I actually did, um, like a whole course of therapy about it this year, um, during COVID it was online, obviously, well, it was virtual, you know, it was with mm -hmm. my therapist and a few other people. And that's essentially a lot of what we talked about. It just wasn't addict based. It was just mm -hmm. relationship based. And so I value that so much. I think what I just want to clarify what I got caught up on and what you probably weren't intending to say, <laughs> but we're still new friends. So we're yeah. still getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, what I got caught up on was I thought that what you were expressing was that 
um, something about addicts in general, like that they, you know, they just don't want to get better. That's what I thought you were saying. But now I understand that you're saying that people get into addiction for a lot of reasons and they, they, they face a lot of challenges, Mm -hmm. but if they, if they don't want to get better, nothing can help them. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. have to be ready. You have to be ready. Yeah. Like it's, it's I totally like a bad relationship. I totally like, agree with that. I just I mistook what you were saying. No, so it's fine. Yeah. Super happy yeah. we no, I'm so glad we talked it out because like yeah. <laughs> we're fucking adults. Okay. Well, it's the same thing like I like um the guy I dated when I was 18. Like he was a total piece of shit and he was Ugh. cheating and he was Ugh. lying and he was disgusting. Like he was Ugh. awful. And yeah. he told me like the world is it's us against the world and people oh, just don't want us to boy. be happy and so he puts people that in like him head. yeah and then other people are telling me he's a piece of shit he's a liar mm-hmm. you should mm-hmm. leave him blah 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 so that so then i'm going up against those people i'm like butting heads with them because right. i'm like no you don't understand blah 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 oh my god i've been there I've but been then there. as you continue the relationship and you start to see what people are saying to you and you start to realize that they were right then you get to a point where you're like I am done and I am leaving and never looking back Mm -hmm. that's when you're ready and it's the same thing with addiction like you can be in your addiction and you can be enjoying your addiction or emotionally speaking yes absolutely yeah yeah like Like, my mom smoked for like 50 years and she I would beg her to quit smoking and she was like I like smoking. It's the okay. only thing that I enjoy in my life. So leave me alone. Yeah. And I she didn't you. quit I you. until she was like, had to have a surgery. And yeah. that's when she quit because she had to mm-hmm. in order to have her surgery. Yeah. That's basically just like relationships, addiction, all of that. You can't make someone be ready. They have to be ready on their own. Agreed. And and you're talking about this like metamorphosis, like caterpillar to butterfly of mm-hmm. an addict or someone being abused, somebody that's afflicted, you know, coming to terms with what's really going on and having the wherewithal emotionally to identify that and want to do something about it. Just that initial wanting to, I was, I was caught up in the circumstances. Like what if they can't, you know, but like you were just talking about the emotional. Oh, there's a lot of people that just can't like they're, they're terrified. I I had a boyfriend in high school. I was terrified of leaving him because I thought he was going to murder me and my whole family. That's exactly what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. Circumstances beyond, beyond being ready. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But I, he, but I get. But you're just talking about the feeling, so we can move on. I'm right? Sorry. Yeah. No, I just have to good. get that's to the a good conversation to have. Yeah. No. Honestly, honestly, like I got a little flushed. I was like a little concerned. I didn't know where this was gonna go. I didn't want no, you to okay. hate me. No, it's okay. I could see me. it in you. That's why I didn't I want you to hate should, me. No, I should reword this. No. Yeah. No. And <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you did because that's honestly, if everybody, if people like not to brag but if other people were capable of what we just did like the country would be in a lot yeah yeah (laughs) it's true yeah it's a yeah and even if we completely disagreed like yeah people can respectfully disagree it's okay to have different opinions you just have to respect each other with it 100 just the way that we still respect justine even though she likes james franco (laughs) yeah exactly she's into him he's creepy but we still love her he's got weird teeth it's fine so, thank tiny you. yellow teeth oh no you're the best julie yeah okay speaking of, oh my god the next line in my notes is teeth falling out 
I, that's my worst nightmare. I literally had nightmares about losing my teeth sometimes. Oh, so I'm interesting. I'm interested. Interested. You've never had bulimia. You've never done any drugs mm -hmm. or anything bad to your teeth. So you still mm -hmm. have those dreams. That's like, a I have, that's like a fundamental I, ass dream. Dude. And I have like fantastic teeth. Like I literally that's didn't wild. go to the dentist for 15 years. Whoa. And I went last year and they were shocked. I've never had a cavity. Sweet. Like, I have fantastic. You. I'm just lucky. I have great teeth. I, I have I have luck with my teeth as well. Even though I was bulimic, I don't have dental problems. I'm that's amazing. So yeah, because I know that's lucky. like one of the first thing, like one of the worst things that happens. Is yeah, even the I acid. Mean, I, I did brush my teeth like eight times a day, but even so, oh my God. well, I, every time, you know, I would always yeah. have a toothbrush. Um, but like, still, it doesn't really. It's not gonna. That's not. You're a fool if you think that's gonna take away all the negative consequences yeah. um yeah so that leads us to clip clip two <laughs> we're <laughs> we're all the way at clip two after an hour all you the guys. way there we go. um no it's good it's we're off to a great start um, i love is... the clip so i'm excited yay okay next clip is uh it's some background of the childhood and um what happened you know what happened during childhood and then what happened at 18 for Amanda? Remember, mm -hmm. she's 33 now. Yeah. So quite a bit of time has passed. When Amanda was born, she was my second child of four. As a little girl, she was always really kind-hearted, really cared, really empathetic. It's a really happy memory for I don't know, it was kind of few and far-fetched, honestly. Her and her brother's father pretty much disappeared by the time she was six or seven. He didn't want nothing to do with us, but he was trying to evade child support and all that, which he did, and he did a good job at. Left my mom hanging. Amanda was around seven or eight when I married Alyssa's father. My sisters, they came later on in life. Alyssa, she's nine years younger than me, different father, different life. She, she doesn't have her dad in her life either, so we kind of relate in that sense. Tagging along with my sister was always really fun. It always kind of felt like an adventure. When she was 14, she started this relationship with this older guy. I didn't like him. He became more of a bad influence on her. Off and on, they were together for about five or six years. She considered him the love of her life. I would just think to myself, like, I wonder what my life's gonna be like when I'm 20, when I'm 30, whatever. I, I always, like, wished that I could have a baby. Amanda was really thrilled to be a mom. I know she was really happy and overjoyed to be able to give all her love to this new baby boy. After the baby was born, I walked in and she was holding the baby and she just had this ear-to-ear -ear grin on her face and was so happy. But when the father of the baby walked in, he just had this look of terror on his face. It all changed when the baby was about three weeks old. Amanda wanted to take a nap, and the baby's father was going to watch the baby while she took a nap. I was the first time ever I left my son alone with my son's dad, as somebody that you're supposed to be able to trust. Amanda called me very frantic, saying something was wrong with the baby. 
he was having seizures, so we rushed him to the hospital. The doctor came in and let us know that the baby had retinal hemorrhaging, a skull fracture, and the cartilage in his legs were broken as well. And the doctor said it was due to abuse. I knew that it couldn't possibly have been Amanda. I just immediately looked right at Amanda's boyfriend. Infuriating. <laughs> I can't hear you. I'm so sorry. Oh, I, do that. Okay. I do that all the time with my mic. Um, yeah, horrifying. Um, and I said, and so calculated too. I mean, right? Like that bo that man was just waiting. I wish we could have known his name and his goddamn face. It, it's I honestly kind of, so, okay. When I watch that, it 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 is fucking infuriating because like it, right. I would beat the living shit out of somebody. Oh, yeah. If they did that to my kid. Yeah, you'd kill him. Um, and I thought it was so unfair that she lost custody when yes. there was no proof that she had. So this is what I'm wondering. Like, I'm wondering if the doctors found any evidence Pre of continuous abuse. abuse. Yeah. I wonder that as well. Mm -hmm. Because it, it doesn't make sense to me if it's if this was a one-time thing that happened and she was taking a nap and there was no history of abuse, no uh, mm -hmm. older bruises or fractures, and no like CPS file on her to begin with. It doesn't make sense to me that they would strip yeah. her unless she, she tested positive for something. Right. And as it was more as, of a drug problem. As far as we know, she wasn't using anything at this point, not even drinking. Mm -hmm. She's only 18. She had her baby at 18. And um, as they said in the video, it was with an older man. She was 14 when she met him, just like your sister. Like, she, aye, 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 aye. And wow. if everything that they're saying is true and she had nothing to do with it, that is a major fucking issue in the system. Um, I really think the system did fail her i don't mm -hmm. read her as abusive at all i you know now that you mention it that makes complete sense that if they weren't just completely fucking up they did it because they could see that the baby had been progressively abused because like he maybe he was doing it a little bit at a time you well know, and not even saying that she had anything to do with it or that she yeah. knew but if there was like prolonged effects of abuse then maybe that's and it's also the kind of thing too where it's like if we put this baby back with this mom, he's gonna come back. Like she's still gonna be with him. We can't. Yeah. We, don't have, we can't risk any more harm to this child. Right. Like, yeah. Maybe they. Maybe they suspected that she was being abused too. They and they like, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they. An ongoing it. issue. I don't know that it, it's true, but I'm sure that they suspected it. You know. Yeah. It being so severe. But I could see that even though they say it's the first time he was alone with the baby, but like alone is a relative term, you know, there's ways I can't even imagine. I don't even want to picture it, but babies are so vulnerable. Like, yeah, it would not, it does not take much to hurt them. And that's why we oh, yeah. protect them with our fucking lives. Yeah. Anyway, it's really devastating. It's I, horrifying. Yeah. He got swept away to foster care and, and beyond that, there was lack of evidence against the father, so he never got charged for anything. So he's blurred out in this, and he's probably living his life. Who God knows what he's doing now. 
just horrifying. Hopefully he died. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we don't need him. That's okay. I hope he's dead. Okay, <laughs> but so she had a brief, like, upswing, but definitely a period of denial because it sounds like she didn't have a chance to deal with her trauma. So she goes after this happens and amazingly gets her nursing certification and certified in CPR. She gets a job in a group home, which is not easy. Um, and she's doing great. She's promoted in six months and seeming to cope and everybody's so proud of her. But sometimes when you're doing really exceedingly well and you are so ashamed of something that can make it worse. And I think she was probably just filled with disgust and shame and like, what's the point? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine she's had no treatment. She's had no help from professionals to help her uh, conceptualize or perceive or process anything. No hope for her to be able to see it in a in a acceptable light. So she's mm -hmm. got to be depressed as fuck. Yeah. Um, so she starts drinking a lot, as we all do when mm -hmm. we're depressed, as many do, I should say, when we're yeah. depressed. And I don't mean I that eat. A, I eat yeah. my feelings. I don't mean that in a cute way. I mean we all no. use things for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. uh, to a certain extent. Um, unfortunately, yeah, eating is another one. Hello, bulimic. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and I'm a binge eater. That's why right, I had that's right. weight you had, loss surgery. You had the surgery. Congratulations yeah. to you. Yeah, Thank I totally. You. Yeah. I still, I still like every day and every meal is still like a conscious decision to eat the Same. right thing or not to overeat every single time yeah i totally so, feel you it's, yeah. it's a challenge every time it's still not normal <laughs> well and she's like years. a functioning like trauma victim because like she's, so many yeah people... she's a high functioning PTSD. oh yeah so yeah. many people with like deep trauma just ignore it and push it mm -hmm. away and kind of forget about it like that's what i did for the first 20 years of my life I just kind Same. of like pushed all of this trauma mm -hmm. out of my mind and to the point where I forgot about some of it I, I went to um a funeral and saw someone that had molested me when I was younger and I literally had no memory of it until I saw that person and I was like holy shit it hit oh. me just like that and it's like that moment where just people so many people suppress their trauma and their memories and stuff and so she probably was just like pushing trying to it's, stay busy pushing it out of her mind and then yeah. it hits you and you start pushing to it. try to find places to cope yeah pushing it like a balloon you know gets it's too, hard too full and yeah. then it pops i yep. that's a good way to say it yeah thanks i i feel you actually i did the same thing not to get super into it but i repressed my early childhood trauma for my entire adult life and childhood mm -hmm. since I was seven. And it, you know, ended up accruing so much more trauma because of the people that I allowed in my life because of how I felt about myself. And it wasn't until I was last year, 32, 31, that I had the same experience and finally was able to uncover that you don't even realize that you're doing it that's yeah. the crazy thing it's not a conscious decision to ignore no, things 90 percent of the time it's so weird what your brain can do and it's frustrating mm -hmm. and it's like i get to a point where i'm like i want all the memories back even the bad ones and they come and it sucks but like i i need them like i can't move on it's not a functional way to be even if it can last you 20 years there's not those are not 20 happy years you know yeah, when I went through, I went through like an incredibly traumatic divorce, like uh, four, five years ago, almost. 
it was sudden it was awful it was just a nightmare and i remember like i used to be horrible i used to be christian which i'm not anymore but i remember praying because i was in that like numb state where you feel nothing and you're like a zombie going through your day Mm -hmm. and i remember praying like i can't feel this numbness anymore like i want to feel everything if that lays me out in this bed for the next three days and i do nothing but cry or throw up or whatever then like give it to me because i can't stand feeling nothing for another second and i just did i i mean like it sometimes the emotional pain is so deep that it's physical that's how i felt oh god yeah but you have to it's like you have to you have to feel it you have to feel it in order to move through it and then after you do you're like how have i been functioning Mm -hmm. seriously literally how have i been living sometimes feeling the pain is like better than being numb absolutely i i 100 agree because then you can move past it i'm just gonna sit here on this episode and air all of my trauma (laughs) that's fine that's that tends to happen on my show it's totally fine well we can relate to you know the situations that she's in it's like you know those awful moments will drive you to places you never thought you'd be in Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. i totally agree with you speaking of drinking yeah i um i never thought i would drink at all and then because of trauma i ended up drinking a little too much for a while but we're, i'm good now <laughs> but well, addiction uh, runs in my family like i have you mm. know a couple family members that are meth addicts but yeah and then addiction with me but i went to food instead yeah. of like drugs Same. so oh, yeah <laughs> yeah we, we guess we had opposite food um opposite eating disorders well i mean similar they're kind of the same except that i threw up so because i also had the anorexia so it was like both but before i ever developed anorexia i always ate for comfort like that Mm -hmm. was what i did yeah Um, so it's all it's all in there so Mm -hmm. she after she starts drinking she gets a dui when she's 24 and unfortunately she gets fired I'm, i'm assuming because they had to inform her work probably because she's a nurse um and so she moves from minnesota to las vegas talk about opposites to escape basically in 2011 uh she's 24 like i said and she's making lots of money at first but then of course things take a turn for the worse and that's our clip right now she was moving away from her past in Minnesota, but the problem is your pain and your feelings are, are always there and they follow you wherever you go. I was in a good mindset for a little while, but that, that was very short-lived and it, it wore off or whatever, I don't know. Things started happening that were triggers reminding me of like, you know, my son and everything. Started smoking meth because I was sort of giving up on myself. Amanda lived out in Vegas for a few years, and then at the age of like 30, she came back to visit for Cassie's wedding. And you got like this gut feeling that something was not okay. She was very skinny. She had some sores on her face. That's when we talked about her getting help. Gotta love that music. Okay, so she just, you know, started doing meth, basically. (laughs) There's, like, no real explanation except that she was, she had the opportunity and then she started doing it. 
Um, I know. I thought that was kind of random. Like, well, I sort of started doing meth. Like, it's weird, but I guess because it's so widely available, you know, it's so easy to find, and that's probably I guess what so. must be what they're saying about you know the way that Vegas is now. I thought, like, to backtrack just a little bit, they said that she moved to Las Vegas to be a street performer, and that is the yeah. first time I've ever heard anything like that. Because I thought that was people... weird too. They say that a yeah. lot, and I was like, who does that? I mean, it's probably more likely that she moved to Las Vegas to be an entertainer and then ended up doing free performing, like maybe on the side or until she got an at like a a real gig. Right. Um, But I bet she did make a lot of money. Yeah, apparently she did. Well, she's just like sexy street performers. Yeah. Like not a not a dancer because she's not. She's like then I'm like wearing a thong on the strip and I'm like exactly yeah. So it's some there's a sexual aspect to it. And it that makes a lot of sense with what you said about well she's probably being pimped out you know at this point yeah maybe yeah that's that's my assumption no um yeah it's pretty fucking wild so she returns to Las Vegas and disappears for like over two years excuse me and then all of a sudden her sister gets sent an article from their brother that it's it's about the storm tunnels and just an article about all these homeless people living in there and she sees this full page picture of her sister in her little shanty apartment and that she's just stunned um and then i have um clip three is or sorry clip four is about the tunnels in general so we're gonna play that because this is like it's a whole little world and it's very interesting to hear her it's very interesting yeah you guys should check this episode out just to see it, like, or I guess Google it, like Las Vegas tunnels, because I guess there's an article. Um, you there's should probably at- a documentary about it. I think I'd, I would definitely watch that. If you want like a rabbit hole, get into that because it's very fascinating and it's <laughs> exactly. not, it's, it's not unprecedented. I'll say that. I live in the tunnels underneath Las Vegas. I've been down here for about two years now. Things don't dry down here. Tunnel systems were made for the water to be able to drain underneath Las Vegas and rather than flooding up there and destroying millions and millions of dollars property and stuff like that. This tunnel where I'm at is very close to the Las Vegas Boulevard. Ooh, some honey snacks. Each tunnel is kind of its own special little like community of people. We don't always get along with one another and we have to listen to each other's bullshit, but we help each other out. When I'm like broke and hungry, I'm hungry and broke. Like I don't eat, like, unless somebody steals me food. My boyfriend, Mario, he's one of the first people I've known out here and been a like solid person to me, like solid friend. He's been there when I needed him. Uncle Mario. You know who Mario is? Mario? No, I don't know a Mario. So that was Amanda's mom being asked, mm-hmm. do, you, do you know who Mario is? It's like, just to emphasize, like, who the, Mar- who the fuck is Mario, dude? <laughs> like, really? And he is not what you would want your daughter dating, I don't think. So, I mean, do you think he's a lot older than her, or do you think he just looks... He, I think he's, I think he's probably older than he looks. That's the vibe I get from Mario. He's got a tan. He's older. I think he's been probably protected by the tunnels. 
I don't know his story, but you know, men, they age differently from than women. He's yeah. Usually they age better. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta be in his fifties. Um, and that, really? ended, that, well, maybe 40. I'd have to look him up again. Cause I don't really, I have a vague memory of what he looked that, like. That, that in and of itself is like, whatever, who cares? But like, she's, ba it's so clear that she's with this guy. Cause he's basically some sort of like tunnel leader and like you said probably pimps her out she's like fresh meat or was at one point and now that's her situation that's how she survives clearly she's protected by him and that's why later when there's this this fight that we're, will happen soon um she gets freaked out and she chooses mario and then this whole wild goose chase happens stay tuned mm -hmm. um i just wrote mario dot 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 ick um <laughs> i'm just like men you know Ugh. Anyway, um, and then we see the Holy Smoke Misfit Missionaries, speaking of a, a, a man that is not, ugh. Um, <sighs> these, uh, yeah, this was wonderful. This made me happy. Yeah, these people, Doc and Teresa, lead this local um, charity, the Holy Smoke Misfit Missionaries. They're liaisons, basically, that go down into the tunnels and provide, like, gift cards for food vouchers like things to help them survive not things to help them use of course mm -hmm. and these people are i would say probably some of the only people that are trusted by the those that live in the tunnels because they've really proven to them that they can be trusted they they have no other they have no ulterior motive they are it, they're truly charitable and that's great and oh they yeah they seemed wonderful yeah they see they treated them like human beings, like not exactly. They didn't treat them like tunnel people. It was like they were visiting Wonderful. their friends at their friend's house. Exactly. That was it. She's like, you yep. want to, you want to crate to sit? And he's like, oh, it's fine. Da -da -da -da. Yeah. What are you doing? You know, and they pick up on that. And she says, you know, it's great that they help, but like life is still really hard down here. So she's indicating, like you said, she's ready for help. She just doesn't have an opportunity. So that can you imagine living down there for two years. I seriously can't. And can you imagine like 20 years later, you'd be like, did I really live in a tunnel for two years? Like if you got out of it? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say something. Uh, oh, the other thing I love about Holy Smoke they say nothing about being religiously affiliated. They don't shove Bibles in anybody's hands. Mm -hmm. They don't shove Jesus down anybody's throat, so to speak. Um, <laughs> it's like, thank God. And I was raised yeah. Christian too, and I have no problem with it. But I have a lot of problem mm -hmm. with people. A lot of problems with people that are cocky and condescending, and are like, "My here, my Bible will save you." And if not, I yeah. guess you're evil. Like, girl, yeah. same. I yeah, I was raised Christian my whole life. I went to Christian school up until oh, eighth grade. See, I, like, it was not that intense for me. So I think yeah, that's it was I'm, for me. And yeah, I just sucks. have decided not to be a Christian within the last like four years. I, so. I can completely. You mean the Trump years? <laughs> no, well, Trump <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I just like my whole life. I was Christian. Yeah, and then I get it. it actually happened like after my divorce, and I was just like, "Oh, All right, sure, I'm not into this That's anymore." What, yeah, if it's not serving you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I appreciated that too. They just treated them like human beings, like they were their yeah. friends that they were visiting, and that like no, like you said, no ulterior motive. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's refreshing, and they come back in. They actually help with the intervention. They helped the fam. They're the reason the family tracked her down. Mm -hmm. Is because they were the only people in Vegas that someone knew would be able to find someone. Because can you down imagine there... like your loved one going missing for two years, no. having no way to get a hold of them, know where they are, and Especially then finding out this... they've been living in a tunnel? Can you imagine? I can't. Can you imagine? Devastating. 
I can't imagine <laughs> going missing for two weeks. My mom would be like, would literally call the cops. Like, I know that's kind of the shocking thing is like, were they, did they not have like posters out? Did they have search parties? Like I well, would think that maybe somebody was dead. Eventually posted something on Facebook. They, they okay. were doing, they, they were making efforts, but she finally posted something on Facebook and that's how someone, she got the, the Holy Smoke resource. Somebody said, Hey, talk to these people that if you need to find someone, the, they will find her. And they did. Yeah. Um, and then we get introduced to Dave Marlin. He's new to us. He's a local interventionist. And he explains the whole Vegas thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drugs in Vegas. You know, like, <sighs> access here. People 24 come here. hours. Yeah. Right away from their problems. And their problems get worse. It's in every episode of the season. So buckle down. Mm. Because they're going to do that <laughs> every yeah. time. Which is fine. Um, and then clip four... Um, is dave meets cassie um i feel like i don't need to play it really i he just he meets cassie i can but he meets cassie and i'll just play it <laughs> gonna talk longer anyway <laughs> longer than it would take okay here we go since all of amanda's family and friends live out of state she doesn't have a support system here which adds to the isolation and exacerbates her substance use disorder so I've asked Amanda's family and her best friend Cassie to fly out to Las Vegas to do the intervention so we could convince her to leave the storm tunnels and separate from drugs and alcohol. Thanks for picking me up. I wanted to talk to you a little bit. How long did you know Amanda? 12 or 13 years or so. All right, so you we guys met... know each other pretty well. Yeah. I actually came here with Amanda once. We just got all dressed up. We had a lot of fun when we came to Vegas that time. When's the last time you talked to her? Honestly, it's been almost two years. I found out that, you know, it was upsetting and heartbreaking for her to find out I was pregnant and... Again? The first time. Okay. So now so that I'm pregnant again, pregnant she doesn't again. know. I appreciate you bringing that up. People are growing up and now they're having babies and they're getting married and they're doing all these things. Like, I don't have my son with me. I know it's hard seeing people that you love, like, with their families and their kids and stuff. So that was just a little clip of, um, again, Cassie is Amanda's best friend who is now having her second child and hasn't seen Amanda in two years. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that happens in between this and my next clip is that he, um, the interventionist, sorry, Dave, um, shows Cassie from above the tunnels, like this just huge mm -hmm. industrial Again, guys, you got to look it up. And it says she's living down there. And poor Cassie. She's pregnant, too. She's just like, I get it. Like, I can't. Yeah. I can't put myself in that place because it's too dark. I mean, I have a friend that, like I said, that I'm worried about has been back and forth with addiction. And and I've set up boundaries just as, like, we were just talking about, you know, you can't save anybody. They have to mm -hmm. it themselves. But I can so imagine being Cassie, like if things got really, really out of hand and it scares, it scares me to be quite mm -hmm. honest. It scares the shit out of me. It's um, awful. And, um, hearing Amanda say that, you know, people are growing up and they're having families and they have children and yeah. I don't have my baby. She feels it, Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. I can only imagine. I, I would assume it would be similar to someone who's trying to conceive and is having a hard time. And then 
you know, they're watching everyone else conceive it with no problem. I, it's yeah. just got to be absolutely heartbreaking. And imagine you already had a kid and you're like, I, I did. It. I do it. I did. I have a kid. You I did that. Yeah. yeah. I can't even. Especially when, you know, if everything Ugh. that they're saying is true and she had nothing to do with what right. happened, then, right. then that's even worse. Good point. I bet they really researched the CPS claims to make sure that there wasn't a liability. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's at least something. So yeah. the next the next clip is also short. It's just it's like not even a minute. But guys, this is Mario. Meet Mario. Um, <laughs> and then you're going to hear some tussling. That's a fight that gets started mm -hmm. uh, because I guess Mario or someone asked another person in the tunnels to walk quietly for the cameras and that person took it as a huge affront and started just like comes in and starts yelling at mario and that yeah so i guess like it was a woman and she was being loud in the background and he yeah. asked her to be quiet and then her boyfriend her came boyfriend. back and started to fight him who are you yelling at anyway yeah. um that so guy looked terrifying the guy that like the that guy that came method. back and was fighting with him looks like he would straight like shank your ass in your sleep. Rip your like literally rip your face off like that. Yes, guy. like terrifying I, that, bat salts guy. Ooh, very scary. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here's not. I mean, you won't hear anything terrifying. This is just Mario. See you later, Fee. See you later. Amanda means the world to me. It's like we help each other. We build each other up. I love her. I love her a lot. What's your plan, Amanda? Hopefully, I want to be stationed somewhere else, <laughs> you know, instead of these tunnels, and that way I can at least be, give her a better a better understanding in life, you know? Uh, oh, you yelling at? You want to talk about being around? I didn't yell at her. Anyway, don't worry, I'm not going to play audio of the fight that's just in that clip. But I, I mean, don't you know. can hear how scary that guy sounds. Yeah, it's loud. The producers it's are worried. Really intense. Yeah. Yeah. So this, excuse me, sets off a whole chain of events um, that we won't get into right away because first we have to talk about another horrible, like hard thing that Amanda had to deal with growing up, which, uh, was um her mom's drinking and i i do like this mom but when you'll hear it in the clip but you know during kind of the most impressionable years of life uh unfortunately for amanda her mother did have a drinking problem so there's some stuff in this clip that is valuable to that and and then it's gonna get hella dramatic so don't you worry yeah, since 2018, yeah. I probably only know a tiny little bit about what's really going on with her. But knowing Amanda, I know she feels like her childhood was like the worst childhood ever. It wasn't a bad childhood, but it was maybe just not having like a super stable family, stable life. Amanda was probably between nine and 12 when my drinking was the worst. It was more binge drinking. It wasn't every day. So I'd be drinking for a day or two and then hung over for a day or two. She was always really angry with me when it came to the past. I'm like really artsy fartsy. I like a lot of cutesy things like this. This reminds me of like my mom or something though. Uh, with her alcohol use, 
we'd have to sometimes go find her. Um, she'd be missing for a little while, and and no one time like she was like um, found like underneath like a underpass, like uh, like a bridge or whatever. Um, just passed out, drunk. This cute reminds me of my mom big time. Well, that meth pipe does not remind me of my mom. <laughs> I quit drinking in 2000 and I went to treatment three times in a year. I have been sober 20 years this year. I am proud of the 20 years, but it's still hard looking back on those days and what kind of effect that might have had on Amanda. I just hope she's not pissed and runs out of the room screaming and hollering obscenities at us. So, yeah, you can see how nervous their mom is and her mom is to have this intervention she feels guilty as well and the thing about it is like i don't know i mean maybe you have want more you want to say to speak to this before i start blabbing but it, i appreciate that the mom got clean but you know it's the damage is done and that's what the mom is so aware of and she's not trying to say like she's not sitting there saying well i'm better and it wasn't my fault my life was hard she's just mm -hmm. like she's actually saying what we're thinking like yeah i'm glad i'm sober but like i have so much regret and, and i worry about it I don't yeah think she... it doesn't change what you know like you said the damage yeah. has been done yeah and i don't think she caused amanda's turmoil but i don't i mean that must have been really hard contributing factor yeah hugely contributing factor yes mm -hmm. good way to put it um yeah. and then we find out the part that i already said doc and Teresa are the ones that helped the mom find amanda after she posted about her on facebook um so here back into the drama unfortunately amanda blames the documentary crew for the fight because it was about the you know the noise level up for the shooting and so she's just like freaked out and she wants out like i what i think is that she's afraid of her whole system her whole like ecosystem her lifestyle being blown up just for this documentary and i can understand mm -hmm. it's it's fight or flight like she's like i can't lose my whole life and she's really sorry she's like i'm sorry i'm so sorry i can't do this as she's taking off her mic you know she's not a bitch she's not like i'm sorry i shouldn't even use the word bitch but she's not unkind she's not rude she's not accusatory she's just says i can't do this i'm sorry so it's, mm -hmm. it's fear again it's fear um i think uh yeah and so that's upsetting because this turns into a whole thing where she's missing for like three days <laughs> um they go into the tunnels uh the doc and teresa go in, and the producer go in and they can see that where she and mario usually stays barricaded from outside which means no one's there right you can't do that if you're mm -hmm. inside so um then we have this pre-intervention where everybody needs to tell the family and the interventionists the news and here we go the end usually has more more clips than the beginning <laughs> i love clips i'm all about it clips 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 as matilda says Can I share our biggest concern right now? I don't even want to be the one to say this, but we don't know where Amanda is right now. This intervention is complicated and challenging because we have very little leverage from a woman who's homeless in the tunnels. But now in addition, Amanda has been missing and we don't know if she's gonna even show up. This put a lot of pressure on her. Um, it went too hard, too fast, I'm being straight honest. She got scared off. Yeah, it was a, a little overwhelming. There was a fight in the tunnel. I feel like she didn't want to 
like she might have been causing. Was so, the fight related to it? Yeah, that's when things went downhill. Amanda, when she gets overwhelmed, she just will disappear. So I'm concerned. To hear that she's MIA, it was terrifying. My heart just sank because she's not gonna have this opportunity again. I'm afraid if we can't find her by tomorrow or the next day, then what? Well, th there's a lot of challenges, but Amanda's gone radio silent for years. So are each of us able to add a day to allow us a bigger window to be successful? If you need money, I can give you some money. Thank you. That's kind of you. I'll stay as long as it takes. Cassie, thank you. Purpose of the intervention is to get Amanda into treatment. Let's talk about what we can do. We're gonna need to talk about what our bottom lines are. If we offer treatment and she says no. My fear is Amanda seems to be all too willing to just completely isolate so she isn't hurting or using us. Like I can't see what anybody's bottom line could possibly be. I agree. I recognize that we have very little in terms of boundaries we could do. Interventions in Las Vegas are very unique because a lot of people move here without their families. Normally, I have some kind of leverage with a client, but in this case, I have almost none because Amanda's family lives out of state and they're not currently enabling her. The primary motivators that Amanda has is unhappiness with her current situation and love. Mom, we're in recovery and we're taught to put up boundaries. Mm -hmm. Now I'm wondering when it's time to talk to her, are your boundaries gonna allow you to be emotional? And, and, and I'm, I'm wondering if you're gonna be able to be really honest. I think so. And vulnerable. Right. I wanna make sure that Nancy doesn't come into this intervention and have these boundaries up that end up reducing the emotion that she has to appeal to Amanda and to connect with her. What a good point, right? It's the opposite of prepping the codependent <laughs> because mm -hmm. the, Nancy is like the opposite of codependent now in a good way. Um, but I don't think there's there was any risk of her not showing emotion. She's very emotional about this. Um, but they make they raise a good point. There is no quote bottom line. Um, they don't say this out loud. I don't know why they never say anything about what they can do. Um, but clearly the, the approach here is Amanda loves everybody so much, instead of threatening something that you can't really even take away, you know, offer her support, offer her love, offer her forgiveness, because she's out there thinking that she doesn't have or deserve any of those things. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm, you definitely, I mean, that's why it's like a case by case thing. It's like, you yes, know, some yes. people need the tough love and they need to take away the enabling and they need to... You yep. know, say we're just we are not going to be part of this with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And then some people need to be loved into it. So yes. it's I mean, that's where the experts come in. They know well the right said. approach. Very well put. Yeah, they know what will be in reinforcing and what will not, which is why exactly behavior, why behavioral therapy rocks. You guys, I'm a nerd. It's not surprising. Mm. Um, so that happens and they're still like that's cool we have a plan but three days missing <laughs> so everyone i just wrote everyone is bolo be on the lookout mm -hmm. um on the on the day of what the intervention was meant to be i believe they see her the day after because they find her in j -j 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 jail <laughs> as uh as uh, amanda would say on amanda loves stay yeah. team mom she went to jail Show to jail. 
Oh my gosh, it's in Jolly Girls. <laughs> Such a buzzkill. Jolly yeah. buzzkill. She's oh in God. gel. So, gel. <laughs> gel, like you put it in your hair. I went to gel. I went to gel today. <laughs> it was like so lame. It was crazy that they they open <laughs> like the door opens and she comes right out and there they are. I know. It was so like I thought there'd be an like someone walking with her or something. Yeah. They got the hookup on where the door would be. So they're like Surprise, like, yay, she's in jail. That means we know where to find her. Um, she got arrested for like a stolen credit card and drug paraphernalia, so she didn't do anything violent or anything. So she got released on her own recognizance. Those are pretty mm-hmm. uh, common petty that petty crimes, I guess, for somebody that's homeless and addicted. Um, and they're like, let's just do the intervention there, guys, um, which happens sometimes. And that leads us to clip eight. It's the longest clip, but I promise it's only like 10 seconds longer than the last clip so you guys i think you can do it this is the (laughs) the confrontation i call it even though it's not confrontational when they see her spoiler here we go hey amanda (laughs) oh my god i love you so much I'm so glad I got to see you. You're kind of a hard woman to get a hold of. I'm so glad we got to see you. Who are you? I'm Dave Marlin. I'm a local interventionist. Hi, Dave. We walk across the street. Glad you're okay. We got food and stuff. You hungry, thirsty, want to smoke? Yeah. Yes, I want to smoke. It's yeah. been a roller coaster. Like, it we've is. been so close to you, yet so far. I've been honored to, to spend a ton of time with uh, these three people who love you so much. They're all worried about you, too, though. All of them. I know. That's true. They each wrote letters for you, letting her know how much they care about you. Okay, Alyssa, what do you want to tell your sister? Amanda, I am so happy and excited to be here with you today. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I felt like before you left, we were just starting to become more close. Since you've been back in Las Vegas, I've been getting more worried about you. But I know addiction is a disease, and I didn't think there was anything we could do about it, and I felt hopeless until now. I believe this opportunity is a crazy, wonderful gift from the universe, and I really hope you will accept this help. You are my sister, and I love you, and I miss you so much, and I just hope you say yes. My dear Vanda Panda, I remember the first time that I felt like you were truly in an existential crisis. That was after the tragedy that we went through with your son. Again, I'm sensing that you are in an existential crisis and I'm here now to pull you out of that miserable hell that is addiction. I know you will become an inspiration to so many others with your story. Let us help you start writing it instead of letting your addiction write a horror story. Good job. I was thinking about the first time that we came out to Vegas together. (laughs) I never thought that such a fun memory to start with would end up where you are now. 
I understand the lure, but it's gotten pretty heavy and hard. And um, we're just not sure what's gonna happen to you out here. We just wanna make sure that you live. And ain't that the truth. We just oh, wanna yeah. make sure you live. Oof. I, I just, it makes me feel really hopeful for her hearing and knowing that she has such a strong support system. Oh yeah. People and that understand that she's not just choosing this life that she's mm -hmm. like in it so deep and that just and she, love her it's just this incredibly low self-esteem and sense of self-worth and and fear mm -hmm. and depression and all these factors you know that make her so easily victimized by this addiction oh yeah and yeah no but one... I, I think the fact that she has such a strong support system oh that's what i mean gonna serve her so well that's what I mean is none of them hold it against her because they understand uh -huh. her because they are such a strong support. They're system. not frustrated with her. I think it's no, because they're not. Like, so the people that enable their addicts yes. are frustrated. They're pissed at them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they're angry because they're they're sucking up their finances and they're like it's like having a shitty roommate that like eats all your food and <laughs> like doesn't contribute to anything and totally. just sucks the life out of you those people yep. are frustrated but because they're not enabling her they are just scared compassionate and sad. Yeah. yeah it's different it's a different thing 100% you're right she's not mm -hmm. using them in any way none of them yep. had anything negative to say Mm -hmm. oh, it is very unique i love finding these unique episodes i feel like there's been a few this season when i covered susan i was like damn this is like it was so unique the the mother that was using with her the insane father like everything was she the one with the really bad arm and yes oh my god when i saw that i was like it took it, me a while to walk to be able to, to look at like it. Like a flesh-eating disease. Like It was unbelievable. Guys. I've never seen anything like that before. It was absolutely devastating. Neither had I except like prop work on House. You know, the show House MD. Yeah. Like literally that's it. Or like Bones. Like I just, the show. Uh-huh. But when you see it and it's real, you're like, wait, 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 no, no. You hear about it like that, like croc crocodile drug or something that oh. it's like eats away at your flesh. Yeah. That's kind of like what it seemed like to me. Yeah. Flesh eating bacteria. I Terrifying. I, I can't. I, and then she was injecting into it. Like that's a whole nother. Oh, I, I can't. I still it. can't believe it. When I'm, I I'm rubbing my arm like it's right in that so, spot right now because I can't handle it. It's devastating. Just so. Wow. Thank, thank God she that ended. She really did get help though. Thank God. Yeah. Um, check it out, guys. My episode my episode on i have two episodes on susan from this season mm -hmm. season yeah i like i like this i listened to both of those i really like that episode thank you julie you're the yeah. freaking best julie's the freaking best <laughs> i was all insecure about my clips julie julie was like nah girl don't care what anyone thinks bring on the clips i bring, love them bring on the goddamn clips and i was like thank you julie i and then, love it thank you well i i was inspired by molly mclear i do want to give her credit <laughs> yeah i love her show too i love all the clips she's i could so almost it's kind of like uh 
Catfish and Dateline, they just released their whole episodes now as audio. And I'm like, I'm totally cool with this. Yeah, I think that's cool, too, when everything is explained. Um, Snapped did that recently. Oh, I didn't know Uh, that. I'm going to have to subscribe to that. It's a little hard to follow because it's a faster pace because it's meant to be a visual medium. But if you're you're really paying attention, yeah, you'll get all the information for sure. You just, like, don't see people's names and stuff. I'm I'm still all for it. Yeah, um, absolutely. 100%. Okay, so Amanda says, um, yes, absolutely. She's going to go to treatment in California. doesn't seem like there was ever any hesitation. I love when there's no hesitation. It makes my yes. heart so happy. I'm I like, know. yeah, see, she's ready. She is ready for this. She is. The only thing she thought is that no, it wouldn't wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. She wanted it, but she didn't think it was possible. But it is. Yep. Um, and then she says yes to treatment. She shows up. She's vulnerable. She's honest. They're like, I think she's got a long road ahead of her, but I think she can do this. And and clip nine, I'm just going to say, is 76 days later. I'm going to play it and then we'll talk. Yay. As of today, I am 76 days clean and sober. I feel alive again. I feel healthy. I feel mentally stable. I have hope now. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, Amanda just looks great. She's put on weight, she looks healthy again, and she's just glowing. I would have never thought in a million years that I would even go to treatment, you know? I didn't expect it to be anything like this. I do art therapy. We did whale watching a couple weeks ago. Like, that was so cool. Learning how to do things sober. Yeah, sober friends, you know? They still have all the laughs and fun. Everybody was great. Like, not like superficial, like they genuinely care. Amanda has done really well while she's been here at Pillars. She's been able to really work through a lot of the grief and loss regarding her son. She's been able to repair relationships with her family. I had my own traumas and everything, and I'm not going to blame my using on anything that I went through, but I wasn't there for you. And the only way I know how to make amends is that I can be sober and learn from my mistakes so I can be a better mother. I love you so much. I think it's such a beautiful thing. My relationship with my mom now, I feel is like more solid than it's ever been. So you guys turned Mm -hmm. out really well. She stayed sober as far as we know. These are like some of the most, I'm trying to look up an update photo of her because I'm trying to remember what she looked like when she was, um, when she was sober. And I can't remember. She just more filled out. She looked like her before. She looked like her before pictures. Okay. Nothing insanely dramatic. Like she was still herself, but she just had a fuller face. Just looked healthy, you know. Listening to that clip, it just makes me so happy because I think about, I think that they have such a fantastic foundation. Yes. The family is, her mother is self-aware and it just seems healthy all around like they're all in a good emotional place to move forward with this Mm -hmm. and it's just like i I just have such high hopes for her yeah i think she's gonna stay sober i do too especially because if she goes back home that wasn't i mean that was where her son was but that wasn't where any drugs were for her Mm -hmm. so she's not going to associate minnesota with drugs and so it's even better for her to be with her family and best friends and like 
to be able to have relationships with her friend's children, I bet would mm -hmm. be so, I mean, she's still so young. She can have more children, but even if she doesn't choose to, she can have those fulfilling relationships with, with her yeah. friend's kids. I definitely think, you know, her getting out of Vegas and going home and just having a fresh start is exactly what she needs. She has nothing holding her in Vegas. She doesn't have a family right. there. She doesn't have friends there. And, you know, not, that's not to say there's anything wrong with Vegas. Like, obviously I was raised there and there's so many amazing people from all over the place that end up there. But if you know, I would say mm -hmm. the same thing if she was living in a tunnel in Florida. Yeah, like exactly. If you don't it's, have it's, a support system yeah. or healthy relationships, then you should go back to where you do. If place B doesn't have a support system, go to place mm -hmm. A. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I understand what you mean. It has nothing to do with the city. I mean, regardless of the reputation of Vegas or whatnot. Yeah, there's nothing to keep her there. She can no. go home and start over and have a fresh start. Um, do you remember what the update, like the end update said? She had been sober. She was still sober, yeah, right? She was still sober. Yep. Yeah. Stayed I sober, baby. I love it. That makes yes. me so happy. It breaks me my too. heart when they leave early or they don't finish treatment or something. I know. So I know. Especially when yeah. it's someone like this and that happens. But thankfully... Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it went the way we wanted it to. So, yep. you guys, yeah. thank you so Love much it. for listening. And uh, Julie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having and me. For being I feel so like you and Justine and your listeners might be so over me at the end of this week. Because <laughs> I've been on three. If, I've been honestly... On I've been waiting for them to be over me and it hasn't happened yet. So you're good. Oh, you're good. Totally okay, good. good. So hopefully, hopefully they um, won't hate me. No, and Julie, <laughs> no. And Julie will be back for many more things. Honestly, yeah, I've Julie, got to have you on my show I, too. I'm so happy to have you on because it's not necessarily about agreeing or not, but you bring such great perspective and points and you have a conviction in what you say. And I really like that. And I love you. that you're down to just like explain what you mean and you don't get combative. Like, Oh yeah, no, no. You're the perfect person to have. I have a lot of unpopular opinions on a lot of things, so I'm used to it. Um, and that's fine. And honestly, I, we got to a point where we, we don't disagree, but even if we did, right. even if we did, I think it's cool that we can. So yeah. I'm that's happy to that's have... the spice of life. I was just going <laughs> to say that. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, Julie, Julie's podcast is Resting Bitch Face Pod. Um, yes. Do you want to plug anything else? Yeah. No, that's pretty much all I'm doing right now. I did have a co-host before, but now I'm doing my own thing because she's kind of wrapped up in work and she has kids and all kinds of crazy sure, stuff. So sure, sure. I will have oh, you yes. on, Sarah. I've got it. Yes. I got to start booking some guests now. So I'm not just talking to myself on my podcast. I feel you anytime I'll be on, yeah. you know, you got me and Justine. So you're set for, yeah. for a little bit. And um, awesome. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll get to know Matilda at some point who's just joined my team. And oh, cool. Matilda might be a guest too. Who knows? So, yeah, absolutely. I'm um, all about it. Yeah. And guys, if you liked listening to Julie, please go listen to Resting Bitch Face Pod. And I don't know, are you welcome? Mm -hmm. Are you open to like people DMing you if they were interested oh, in being on? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Resting Bitch Pod. And I just basically talk about like stuff that doesn't matter. I think that life and the world is so intense <laughs> right now that I Amen. like to talk about trash TV or celebrity gossip and you know shit that can take you out of take the hence yeah. like the intensity of the world right now and just kind of be like fun so that's yeah. what i'm into and um yeah fresh, just fresh air 
<laughs> exactly. A breather from all the yeah, crazies. Yeah, a breather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Julie. Um, yeah. Everybody go check her out. Also, please check out my Patreon. Um, uh, Patreon.com slash A-W-D-W-L. There's bonus content with Julie. There's bonus content Yay. with so many other people. I've got a lot of stuff saved that I'm about to release, um, including some more Lifetime Originals uh, that I'm going to cover. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Thank you. So, so good. It's a nod to my queen, Molly McLear, because that's her thing. Um, <laughs> so anyway, she like does not know who I am. She's going to hear this at some point in her life and be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, but anyway, um, love you all. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next time. Goodbye. So you say you're moving out of state soon as you graduate. Interesting. Anyway, you're leaving, need a hug Okay then, call me up No thanks man I'm too busy, don't have time for things You say that aren't important Where's the bathroom at? Leave me alone I just came here to the party for the drugs Drugs not trying to make a friend or fall in love Love, love, love So just stop the faking Not here for nameless faces Pointless talk in conversations Drugs, drugs, drugs I just came here for the drugs Look at you and your face I don't want no embrace Pretty eyes don't mean nothing Talk to me about the limousine You rented cause you came here alone You're too drunk to drive home I'm too busy, don't have time for things You say that I'm important Where's the bathroom at? Leave me alone I just came here to the party for the drugs Drugs, drugs, drugs I'm not trying to make a friend or fall in love Love, love So just stop the faking Not here for nameless faces Pointless talking conversations Drugs, drugs, drugs I just came here for the drugs Everybody's either here for the drugs or the sex or the money or the fame He's on the phone asking someone for the plug And she's on the couch small talking, dropping names I'm not here for nameless faces, pointless talking, conversation